Hola amigos and welcome to the Add to Houston Amigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falcone, immediate past president of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host and producer, Jacob D'Antone. Hey, this is Jacob D'Antone, the audio chair of Add to Houston and producer of this fine program. He is filling in today. Thank you, Jacob, for You're uh, welcome. stepping up You're welcome. to the plate. There's a talent so feat. Today we have a very special guest. Uh, our guest today is Cameron Newhouse, studio manager at 41 Studio and PR chair for Add to Houston. Hello, Cameron. How are you doing? Hi. How is everybody? <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us today, Cameron. Uh, we're very happy to have you here. Uh, I know that you are one of our newest members and one of our newest chairs. So um, can you tell me a little bit about kind of how you got involved with Add to, how you heard about us and, mm -hmm. you know, what? led you to say, hey, I want to get more involved in this. Yeah, so one of our guys at the studio had mentioned the American Advertising Federation, and I was like, yeah, we should join. And so we joined that, and then oh, right. from there, yeah. I found out about Ad2, and I just really wanted to get connected yeah. um, with the industry and, you know, find some people to meet, some community, because I had yeah. just moved back here from college. So oh, yeah. it was really a way for me to meet people. And that's what I enjoyed about it. So I wanted to get more involved. And being on the board was something that I found that I could, you know, also help you all out yeah. and get connected as well. So, Oh, so you, uh, where do you go to school, if you don't mind me asking? I went to McNeese State University. It was in Louisiana, in right? In Lake Charles, Louisiana. Oh, nice. Yes. But you were from Houston? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. So you just went there. Okay. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Houston, uh, Houston might be one of the best cities in the world. <laughs> But I might I be biased because so. <laughs> I am from Houston, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cameron, what, what led to your decision to follow a career in marketing? So I have a degree in marketing, and that was kind of just what felt com I felt comfortable with well, because I knew it. Right. What made you get your degree in marketing? Though? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the journey? So <laughs> I was in finance. So I was taking finance classes, and I just felt like it wasn't um, the route that I wanted to go. Oh, wow. And I had all the same prerequisites, so it wasn't hard for me to just switch over to marketing. Oh. And I felt more led to That's do that cool. because I'm very much like a person-to-person. -person. Mm -hmm. I just love that interaction, and I feel like with marketing, you get a lot of that. Yeah. Okay. And so that was, yeah, that was the main pool to marketing, oh, for cool. sure. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that makes sense. Uh, people often change their majors in college, and Sometimes when you start, you're 18, you don't really know what you want, right? No. And then halfway yes. through, you're like, yeah. hey. I, this, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to be a veterinarian, so. A vet? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah and then just lots of math and science deterred me from that, so. <laughs> like, oh, you need science <laughs> with this? Yeah. Whoops. See, I like that part. I love math, too, and so uh, yeah, that's me why too. I was like, finance, yeah. <laughs> and then I quickly found out that that was not <laughs> what I wanted to do, so. You use yeah. math and marketing, too. So yes. you're all good. <laughs> so one of the things that I, I, I like talking to people about is um, the fact that, you know, we all kind of had odd jobs before we joined the industry, right? Most of us, I think. You know, I, I did retail for like 10 years, uh, and I know that you were in the service industry too. So how did that experience, right, going from that service industry, how did that help you prepare for going into marketing? So I mentioned how I really liked the person-to-person -person interaction, yeah. and I really... I feel like understood that more after having the service industry job yeah. and, um, you know, serving people, you're going to have to talk 
Oh yeah, all yeah, the time. Right, yeah. <laughs> you have to be nice. And really, yes, yeah. be nice and understand what they're wanting. And I feel like that's basically what marketing is. Is under marketing is is understanding your client, understanding yeah. the consumer. Yeah. And um, I really felt like it connected very well in that. So yeah, it basically just taught me how to talk to people that's... and understand others better. So. Well, that, nice. that makes sense. Yeah, that's yeah. I can I can see how that can transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all had very odd jobs before we joined yeah. <laughs> before we joined this industry, and you know it, it it's it's weird sometimes to do that transition, but it, it always helps. And I always tell people like, don't ignore the people who maybe don't have experience in marketing yet or advertising, but they have a lot of experience, like maybe in retail, right? Like those are skills that are really going to transfer. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like everyone should get a chance, you know. You yeah, never everyone. know until you try, so. Yeah, exactly. So you are the studio manager at For The One Studios. Um, could you talk about what that position entails? You know, what are your duties? What do, what do you do? I help with scheduling and booking the studio. I also help with the social media. I run the social media. You do a great job at it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, I basically just schedule and manage everybody and everything do you there. manage <laughs> yeah i manage i do manage it so yeah i mean that's just a very, very important part of the um the process right because you have to mm-hmm. make sure i i mean i would go crazy <laughs> you get all these people coming in like hey yeah, yeah but it's been great because i'm learning the ins and outs of business and um really all that entails yeah. of having a business so yeah are you yeah and that's that's really important too especially if you mm-hmm. don't want to like branch out on your own which we talk to people who have done that in this podcast before do you do any of the uh the video like recording or anything or are you just more on the the logistics side i'm more on the logistics and business side everyone yeah. asks me that they're like do you do the creative <laughs> side i'm like no I, not really but i'm like, learning yeah. I'm yeah. learning that kind of side of things because I never, ever would have imagined myself at a <laughs> right. production studio. That's not something that I had on my radar, but it's yeah. kind of just an opportunity that I had. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Right out of college, I need a job. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a fun job, though, because I'm sure there's all kinds of different people coming in and out. And just yes. every day is a new, a new thing. Yeah, right? it's super cool. But it's media is becoming such a huge thing with the Internet. And yeah. It's just getting more and more popular and i see it you know content right like the content the, the creation for content it's, creation mm-hmm. it's yeah there's it's just a machine now you just yeah. churning out content yes. as much as you can we have a lot of youtubers come to the studio oh and wow. film videos oh and i'm stuff sure like that. that's cool awesome. to see yeah so i mean we already talked a little bit about this but working in a studio you have to interact with a lot of clients right because mm-hmm. there's all these people who want to like record set up times etc how do you handle you know keeping them happy, making sure that they get the time that they need? Because the thing with video is that it can be very erratic at times, and you mm-hmm. might not get what you need in the time that you're allotted, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you keep them happy while also looking out for the studio's best interests? I think the way you talk to people has a lot to do with that and how you portray a message. I mean, they may not be <laughs> hearing what they want, but right. I, you also have to stick to your ground yeah. as a business and say this is how we do things but in a nice way you know just kind of yeah. just saying this is how it is like i'm sorry right because we can try to help you out and <laughs> work around some things and yeah. figure out some things for you and just really figuring out the needs and how to angle it you set you know? up those boundaries yeah mm-hmm. right. the boundaries yes because uh dealing with talent i'm sure you come come across a few divas <laughs> <laughs> yes 
So you work for Lopez Negrete Communications as a creative copywriter. That's correct. Uh, could you tell us what being a creative copywriter entails? And honestly, is it in what what's the differences between creative copywriter to like a basic copywriter or like any other kind of copywriter? So the the biggest difference I'd say for being a creative copywriter versus you know your run of the mill copywriter, aside from salary <laughs> because i'll be honest uh the less creative ones generally get paid more like if you're working on sales copy you can get paid commission really uh, so yeah, you can yeah. take that and you can leverage it to make a lot more in your career people who do copywriting specifically for sales driving or marketing or even like seo uh generally get paid more but they're working with you know formulas guaranteeing sales you know they've got lots of research to back up their stuff and that's still stuff we do mm-hmm. whereas creative stuff is you know more set on the idea, right? Right. So like the idea of the campaign or versus the idea of, uh, you know, a whole script or a whole activation. So whereas like more digital stuff, you might have an idea for like an email campaign, but it's not necessarily across every medium. Like a lot of like uh, well-funded creative campaigns are, you have to go, you know, print, digital, radio, like you have to do everything. Uh, Whereas if you're more of a specialist for copy, you might do less. Uh, I'd say that's probably the biggest thing with being creative. You work in all the mediums. Mm-hmm. So eventually hmm. you're the master of all of them. But in the meantime, nice. you know, yeah. you kind of get spread then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, you are, like you say, a creative copywriter. You are working on different mediums, different campaigns. And the thing about being a copywriter is you need to be flexible, right? You need to adapt to whatever client you're working with. Absolutely. Right? You, wanna, you need to know their voice. Um, so w- what is your process, personally, to adjust your writing to the client? So I would say this isn't just my pro- process because mm-hmm. my process <clears throat> is a Frankenstein of all the other processes <laughs> I've read, I've seen, you know, I've been uh, taught under, you know, you learn from a lot of people yeah. where you work or your college professors are just, uh, getting on LinkedIn, like join a copywriter group, you know, yeah. see what people have been doing it for a while, have been doing. But the, uh, if you flip a coin, one side of the coin is copywriting, right? right. That's the writing side. The other side is copy reading, uh, right. which is you doing all the research. You know, yeah. so yeah. say you're working on a client, uh, I'll use a hypothetical example. Say you're working on McDonald's, right? Yeah. They want you to make a brand spanking new campaign for the uh, McRib, you know, yeah. oh. and it's back again. Yeah. I hope so. So what you got to yeah. do is you have to pull every single campaign they've ever done reintroducing the McRib and you've got to look at everything they did. You got to look at what performed well. You have to read it. You have yeah. to know what it's going to sound like, how you want it to sound like, what worked and what you want to be different this time around. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got to work with, you know, the creative director and the client to get it to where you want it to be. Uh, I would say that's probably the most important bit is just drowning yourself in what's previously been done as well as beyond like just the McRib for this Mm -hmm. example right so also getting into uh, what have they done for fries you know what's the style of the McDonald's prints they have a very unique style they do on social media it's very much like here's the food nothing else it's very clean it's very direct Mm -hmm. and it's usually got some form of like double exposure I don't mean that like in the literal graphic sense I mean that like it's, you see one thing, but it means two other things at the yeah. same time. And you get it all in one second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
definitely uh, a lot of research. Like yeah. you said, right? Yeah. You need to acquaint yourself with the client. Uh, that makes a lot of sense because, especially if already a an already established client, <clears throat> there is precedent yeah. as to what they do and what has worked. So you want to make sure that you do that. And also, I really hope that my rib comes back. <laughs> R.I.P. my rib. Uh, I will isn't say, it, isn't it back? Wasn't it back? No, last time was it, I, I it think was it's gone the last again. One. Is it? I think it walked out the building. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't go to McDonald's. Time, so. I, don't uh, I will say, if <laughs> you're working with a client that doesn't have precedent, yeah, as far as figuring out tone, yeah, because uh, I'm, 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 I'm anticipating that to be your next question. Yeah. You don't, if you don't mind me thinking ahead here, you've got a pattern. I've listened to the other yeah. shows, <laughs> but uh, without precedent i think it really comes down to the brief which isn't always going to be your best guidebook yeah but developing that relationship with either the client or with the accounts team or if you have a smaller team just whoever's handling that yeah to get to know what the usual stuff is like what are they looking for what do they like what they see Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and some some clients be like hey we don't have anything for this we're you know we're just starting up say you're like working with a small business right yeah uh run with it and you get to creatively compound it. And then you kind of make your own plan and you'll work from there. But if you don't have that luxury, you know, really get to know them, get to know what they like, and then find a way to make it work. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So you work, or you have worked with like smaller smaller clients, bigger clients, yes. Walmart being an example of the bigger client. What are the pros and cons of working with the different sizes of, eight, of uh, clients within the agency? Or from an agency perspective, I should say. Yeah, I'm just, I'm taking a second to pause because there's a lot of different facets that go into this, right? So Um, small clients, approval is fast. If you're working with, you know, someone who really gets you and you get them. Right. uh, You get to come up with something and be like, hey, I want to do ABC. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be great for this market that Mm -hmm. you want to do. And then if you have that relationship with the client, it'll go really fast. Yeah. The downside with smaller clients, they don't usually have a lot of budget. Yeah. So you either have to be... Some people would say less creative. I have to say more creative with how you're going to deploy your ideas, right? right? Absolutely. So you have to be creative and cheap. Oh, yeah. If you've got, (laughs) and and like big clients, you got like a several million dollar budget. Yeah. You know, that's not all just for one idea. You Mm -hmm. know, if you want to use a celebrity, that could be half the budget. You have one thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But if you want to use some uh, celebrity in a smaller thing, like you got to find a way to work around that. A good example of this is like there's been some print ads where they will find uh, P- uh, and I saw this ad campaign it was really funny they mm. found people with names that were almost identical to celebrities oh. and, they, and they went and asked them they said hey uh, do you like this product and are you okay with us quoting them and they put it on the print so he says like instead of Michael Jordan B. Jordan they'd have like Michael J. Jordan like loves <laughs> yeah. like Wheaties for example so they found a way to like make it work with the budget mm-hmm. push the creative and make it work for that client because they don't have as much money to hire eight different celebrities right right yeah. and clients love saving money i'll say that as far as deployment if you have a great relationship with your big clients and you have a great relationship with your small clients they can both get out the door fast mm-hmm. yeah but most big clients and i'll talk about walmart specifically because it's such a large company yeah there's a lot of different filters so it's not just like your internal mm-hmm. critics right it's not just you your right. boss your boss boss your boss 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 right it's also the liaison, their company, mm-hmm. their yeah. company's boss, their company's boss. And it's just like a lot of different filters. So trying to keep the idea true to what you had, like if it's a great idea, hopefully everyone recognizes it. Mm-hmm. But there's just a lot of hands in the honeypot. Yeah. So yeah. that's a challenge that most big clients face. 
yeah. Um, I work for a big company, and I can definitely relate that <clears throat> whenever we do anything, whenever we bring in uh, an outside agency, there's like five to eight different people who have to like sign off on something, mm -hmm. and it's very frustrating from my oh, yeah. from my perspective because <laughs> I'm like. Okay, it's taking three weeks. Oh, yeah. You're right, you right. Once yeah. again, again, again. And that's something that ties back to tone, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you could write a perfect sentence. Yeah. But then you have to write that perfect sentence in your boss's tone, their boss's tone, the yeah. liaison's tone, the client's tone. And that slowly evolves. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, where was the original sentence? Exactly. Right? So that's a, that's a balancing act that you need to find with those bigger clients. Yeah. You have, to, you have to make sure your original idea doesn't get swallowed by oh, yeah. all and the input. And that's part of sticking up for yourself as a creative, as yeah. well as like if you're working with an agency, an agency, you know? Yeah. You know, as far as trends, listen, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I pay a lot of money for a lot of uh, streaming services that don't offer ads, mm -hmm. so they won't be ads. So I don't get a lot of ads myself, right? Say so when I'm on YouTube, and, uh -huh. it's, and it's always very random. I don't know. But what I do like, and this is not really a trend, but I like very targeted advertising lately, especially on Instagram. Oh, what about yeah. Pinterest? Have you been going on Pinterest? I have not used Pinterest. Actually, I have Pinterest. I have a bunch of outfits on Pinterest that I save. Um, but I usually, Instagram, I'm just scrolling down and I'll get like an ad and it's like, Those check out this shirt. And I'm like, oh, I want that shirt. Yeah, because what's really not crazy. my case. It's really yeah, crazy. It too. makes it worse. It's very natural, like you said, like natural ads that are specifically targeted. Yeah, to those the ones on Pinterest are very, very unique. They yeah. their stuff. Whenever you scroll, you think it's like an actual pin that oh, that you can click yeah. on and you can look into it, but it's an actual ad. And when you click on it, it takes you to the website, and you're just Damn. like, dang it. <laughs> but it's really clever. It's very yeah. well hidden, or it feels very yeah. seamless, which I feel like that's like, like a yeah. very that's I think a really cool trend that. Yeah for advertise, advertising professionals yeah. like ourselves or marketing professionals in general. It's just how to make that targeted ad experience seamless to the customer journey. Yeah. Because at the same time, you don't want people to lash out at you on social for yeah. God knows what. You want it to be uh, integrated to their, to their search. And I feel like it just being a, whether it's like a, a picture of a shirt yeah. that they just think, oh, this must be part of my yeah. Instagram, like one of the stories or something. That yeah, just yeah, it's because there. of what I've been watching or whatever. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Click. But then there's yeah. the whole case with privacy as well. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, that information is basically yeah. provided by Facebook. You go through yeah. their ad services where yeah. you pay and you set the parameters yeah. for all these facets and it just kind of makes it, yeah. it, makes it work in their algorithm. As a marketer, I can't get too upset about privacy because i mean it's part um, of the industry and yeah I think it is it's just it's how we do it it's how we do our job it's how we get people what they need right yeah, what, and even what? with like the political side of aaf yeah. you know we have representatives in congress yes that exactly. actually help protect lobbyists. Yeah, yeah the lobbyists that help protect those rights and there was a recent law that they helped prevent as well mm. that at least secures um the pipeline or i, I believe it was something related to how we um, the process in terms of securing ads and getting certain yeah. informations, like they're, the people were lobbying yeah. about making it more difficult for us, changing yeah. the way that we were working, and really it's just making it yeah. less business friendly in general. Yeah. But anyway, that's at least more than I can say because I'm not well equipped to talk about it as much. Yeah. yeah but yeah, this is just yeah. part of the conversation yeah. in general. But it's also part of uh, what AAF does, right? And what part of what your 
uh, your membership pays for is that lobbying aspect that protects the advertising industry. Yeah, I think uh, it's like a matter there, of, yeah, yeah it, it really does count into, in the sense with me, I'm yeah. trying to build a community here in Houston yeah. in the likes of Austin and Dallas, yeah. where it's they have memberships over a thousand people while we only have like 30 something people. <laughs> um, so it's a matter of just one, how do we build that community so that it's yeah. equally represented across the, the district? Yeah. And then from there, also just having that that pipeline yeah. to for people to support and have that uh, to show their support and to also uh, evenly represent and call out the top performing people here in the city. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what we're missing. It's just like we don't know who's the, the hot talent this city has yeah. to offer. We're really kind of limited to agencies showing their uh, their strut with the pieces that they made, but exactly. not calling out the yeah. top players versus just like employee of the week on LinkedIn. <laughs> hi, hi connections. I'm here to tell you about my current mm. employer and how happy I am. It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. call, get a call out from yeah. a better, from a better source. I feel like that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah. yeah. It's completely unrelated, but I once won employer the month, three months in a row. Oh, when wow. I worked at American Eagle. Oh. Completely unrelated. Just wanted to brag a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I do believe that's all the questions we have, right? Today? I believe so. Yeah. Um, no, Alex, this has been great. Uh, very much enjoy watching these ads, specifically, mm -hmm. obviously, the, uh, uh, the, the Google Pixel. Google uh, Pixel best phone, hashtag best phones forever. Best phones yeah. forever. I mean, even the name is so clever. Like, it's, it's so sure, cute. But first, you'll have to unlock your device. Turn that off. <laughs> Turn that off. This is why I don't have anything that listens to me in my house. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> not a single Alexa around me. Uh, but no, this was a lot of fun. I mean, we really got to connect. Really got to hear from you after a few years. Uh, obviously, I mean, we see each other often. But, uh, yeah. you know, but having you on the on the podcast was great um, to kind of just go over, you know, what Atu is going through, Atu Houston, right, specifically. Uh, and I know that, you know, it's a lot of great things coming up. So I'm very happy. I'm very excited to see what you guys are coming up with. Uh, like I said, I'm too old now to be in that too. But that's okay. I mean, you're still involved with AEF, and yeah, we're all so I'm still part of the mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're we're you're a part, part of the or, you're yeah. a part of the inner circle, or yeah. better yet, the web that ties this whole community yeah. together. So it really just it's, yeah, it's a part of that segment. It just makes me sad to not be with the cool young people anymore but what do you mean okay. don't worry you're you'll be a part of the hype committee we're, the we're hype starting. committee that's a, <laughs> that's an yeah. inner joke that we have right now okay. <laughs> hype committee, I hype like committee. we need a hype committee guys <laughs> but yeah uh but anyways alex thank you so much for joining us it's a lot of fun um and you know we'll like i said we'll we'll be having some ads mm -hmm. running for some of our upcoming events but i'm really looking forward to this uh to this year and what you guys have have in uh, store yeah right. store obviously i'm very excited about this cook-off because last year or last time i didn't cook but i ate well <laughs> and i plan on doing that again this year hopefully yeah. hopefully <laughs> we'll see right. how it goes. well thank you so much for joining us yeah Lars, thank you thank you for joining us today the add to houston amigos podcast is produced at radio lounge add to houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry if you would like to become an Admigo, join us at, at the number 2 houstoncom You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at, at the number 2 houston Thank you for listening.